Dang, this thing smells so good. What's going on, wolves? It's Let Us Alova here, and you're watching another episode of Matcha Mornings. And I'm clearly not drinking matcha right now. Let's get into it. I'm drinking an eight herb tea blend, and then I added some extra rosemary to it because I love rosemary tea. It's one of my favorite teas to make. This eight herbal blend has spearmint, rosemary, eucalyptus, lemon balm, linden, wood betony, blackberry leaf, and I want to say it's Eleuthero root. If I'm not pronouncing it right, Hopefully you know what I'm saying, but you can look it up. It's literally called the eight herb blend. I started drinking it because it helps with like getting you back to on a regular sleep schedule, gives you more energy, and there are some other cool benefits to this. Salud, cheers to you. Grab your drink and let's cheers. And it has like honey in it. So it's just, and a little bit of cinnamon. It's warming up my heart. And it needs to, because today, today I'm sharing my dating life with you. All of the Scorpio placements within me are just like, why are we doing this? Is this necessary? Do y'all need to know? And you know what? Yes, because I feel that people are not often talking about dating in their 30s. Uh, and I have a unique perspective on it. So I felt like, why not share it with y'all? I'm having a very unique experience. <laughs> dating in my 30s and it's not bad it's just interesting I'm learning a lot about myself in this process in this episode I'm going to talk about how and why I'm dating how I got to the point of dating again uh, what that looked like for me when it came to setting boundaries and then I'm gonna share some final thoughts and some funny stories with y'all because I have some funny stories to tell in dating. So this is gonna be fun, it's gonna be juicy. Definitely put me on your TV or in the background while you're like cleaning up the house, getting into some work because we're gonna be laughing together. And if you know me personally, you're probably like, what the fuck is Lotus doing? I am really leaning into my intention to be more intimate and vulnerable this year. I don't think I've ever talked about my dating life per se. As many of you know, I was in a very long-term relationship. I was almost with this person for a decade and prior to that I was engaged. So I kind of always been like low-key wiped up. So I've never, I mean, I've had like a dating history. It always turns serious. Either way, that's neither here nor there. Point is, <laughs> I am single. It's been a year, it feels amazing. I feel so excited to be single by the way. It's just been, wow coming back home to myself, coming back home to my fashion sense. I talked a lot about that in a previous episode, about how I lean into my seduction type to, not just for dating though, like it does benefit dating, obviously. When I'm dressing in my seduction type, it makes sense for me to be out there on dates. However, it's more than that. Let's just get into it, let's just get into it. All right, where do I wanna begin? I wanna start off with disclaimers. This is my personal dating life, okay? I am not a dating coach. I'm not a dating professional. I'm gonna share things that work for me and things that rub me the wrong way. This is for Lotus and Lotus's life. Now, if something I say really resonates with you and you're like, you know what, I can get jiggy with that. That shit makes sense and I'm gonna try it out and explore it in my own life, I welcome you to do so. I do feel like a lot of what I say is coming from a very thoughtful, mindful, loving space. But if you hear something, you're like, babe, that's not me. It's not you, I get it because it's me. Cause it's not you, cause it's me, right? So I wanted to start that off because I don't need anybody contacting me about giving them some type of dating advice. Again, these are always going to be about my personal stories and my professional insights. So I will let you know when I'm in like my professional bag. But right now, this is a personal <laughs> experience. So I just wanna put that out there so that we're clear moving forward. Because Lotus, the person, is messy. Lois, the practitioner, is a little bit more method, <laughs> okay? So we're exploring both sides of her today. So in the beginning of my dating experience, 
coming out of a very long committed relationship, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know if I wanted to be in another relationship like that. I didn't know if I want, I still don't necessarily know what I want to be quite honest. I'm still navigating that even though it's been a year later. Like I love my space <laughs> and my independence so much. You would really have to be a phenomenal human being for me to want to make space for you in my life. My life is just so good. It's so fulfilling. My relationships are so beautiful and healing and they hold space for all versions of me. And I'm really appreciative of that. And it's allowed me to be a bit more filtered and intentional about who I decide to become more intimate with romantically. It's been a journey. I want to first start off with saying like, if you don't know what you're doing, I think that's like the entire human population. It's okay to not have any real dating goals in the beginning, especially when you're newly single. Like, chill out. <laughs> Honestly, I would say go on dates. I hop on the apps and just see what it is that you're into and what you're not into. I think it's one of the most easiest ways to start filtering out where you are on your journey. When I was on the dating apps, I would see certain things, read certain things on profiles. I'm like, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I got super, super clear on those things. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I actually am not looking for another relationship. I'm not interested in being married anytime soon. I don't want children. So all of these pressures and timelines that most women and birthing people have, I don't have. I'm not on a timeline to have a family. I'm good as I am. I don't have this deep desire to be married. I actually never really did. And that might explain why I was with somebody for nine years and just refused to get married. And then I was also engaged earlier. Please, again, Young Lotus. She was living her life. Either way, marriage is not always, it was never really a big deal for me. And even when I was engaged, it was still a wonderful human being and it made sense for what it is that we were trying to do. That's all I'm gonna say <laughs> when it comes to that. Outside of that, like I'm good. I don't want any of that. I like this. I like waking up in my own space, in my own energy, doing my own shit. I love that. I love being able to go and do whatever I want. I'm still navigating what it is that I want in dating right now. It is very clear that I want to add more romance to my life. I want to be adored. Your girl needs to be worshiped and obsessed over. Otherwise, it's really not giving you like me. I'm okay with that. I feel like that is an experience that I can have. And I, I welcome that experience. It's where I'm at in my journey. And I'm like, yeah, romance me. Give me the flowers, the beautiful dates, the wonderful experiences, good conversation. You know, dress good, smell good, look good, all the things. I am here for the sensory experience. I want all of my five senses just to be, you know, engulfed in the moment, in the experience of meeting someone new and getting to learn about their quirks and their uniqueness witnessing how their heart works, you know, how their mind processes things. I really enjoy that process of getting to know new people until I find that you might be like misaligned and then I'm good and then I'm happy. <laughs> now, thanks to the dating apps, I was able to understand what I did like and what I didn't like extremely fast. And I was able to apply that to my quest for clarity in the romance department. So I wanna share some things that I use to help me continue to clarify what this romantic part of my life is going to look and feel like. First up, I created a love list. So I don't know if you're on YouTube, you might be watching this on YouTube, but there is a really dope account called the Universe Guru. Uh, the woman that runs it, her name is Mina Rafan. She is an incredible feminine divine leadership coach. I have been watching her videos for years and she's a projector like me. We just, her energy and, and she's a four, six projector too. Like we're like, it's, she gets me in a way that I really appreciate. I put most of my girlfriends onto her. She's allowed me to realize what it is that I deserve, um, making sure that I'm aligned with my self-worth, that I am not tolerating things that are misaligned with me. Just continuing to build up my confidence of like, if this is what I want, that's okay for me to want that. You know, like if I want to be obsessed over, 
There's a space and place for that. There are billions of people on the earth. There is someone on this earth that is like, I crave to be obsessed with you. I'm ready for that. She helped me to be okay with that and to not waver on my standards, to not waver on what I need for me to feel safe and seen in a relationship. Loveless. So the concept is you have one side of the list where it's that person's qualities. What is that you need from them to be, right? In order for you to say, hell yes. And you write as much stuff as you need to do. And it's less about like the physical appearance though. Honestly, I am someone that's like, Attraction is a big deal. Physical attraction is a huge deal. If it's a big deal for you, have it on your list. If you don't give a fuck about it, don't add it to your list. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a certain person I'm trying to look at every day. For me, aesthetic is important. How you look physically is important to me. I'm sure some people might think that that's shallow, but like, we're living two different lives. I look at beauty in a completely different way than you do. Having that list for them and what it is that they need to have or be, and then on the other side is what you need to do to be able to receive these desires, right? So for instance, if you want someone that is trustworthy, are you willing to be trusting? They can be as trusting as you want them to to be but if you do not trust people in general it's gonna always feel misaligned and it's not on them it's because you were not clear on who you needed to be in order to receive what you desire and that's a big deal outside of just romance in general like it's really important to understand what you have to be in order to align to that frequency because if you are not that you will not receive what you want another really good one that I had to work through was that I really want a generous partner I want someone that is willing to provide and protect like it excites them to want to give me beautiful experiences experiences and gifts and just completely adore me. They light up doing that. It helps them to feel fulfilled. That was a very important part of my love list. So that meant I had to be someone that was comfortable enough with receiving that type of adoration, receiving that type of generosity. Honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't at all because I was that person. I was a generous person that loved to adore and obsess and all those things like that. I was comfortable being on that end. I could not receive that from someone else. So I knew that my work in this process was for me to practice receiving it. And it helped me so much. And I'm going to share how I practice receiving generosity and helping myself to get more comfortable with receiving what I deserve in a little bit. But I want to finish this list first. After I did the love list, I then did the Lotus Life deck, which is my own baby, which I'm so obsessed with. And this is a Canva template that is like a vision board in alignment. I don't want to say on steroids, but like it just maximized your life in a way that you didn't even know was possible. It's charmed with my own intention and my own energy and magic. Each page allows you to look at a part of your lifestyle and get really fucking clear on what it looks and feels like for you. And then after you're done, you get to put it on the TV or play it on your phone and literally start to reprogram your subconscious mind to be okay with, embrace and invite those desires into your life. Quite often we know what we want consciously, but subconsciously we have old programming that is probably doing the complete opposite of what we fucking want. The Lotus Life Deck helps to collapse that. Get your subconscious mind in alignment with your conscious mind. And it's so much fun. It taps into your inner child. It allows you to dream big. It allows you to get really clear and confident on what you want so that you can be courageous enough to go and receive it. So I use the part of the Lotus Life Deck for romance. So I have a page on my Lotus Life Deck that is dedicated to my ideal partner what I want them to look like um, down to like what they do for fun their style what they dress like um, what they do for me when I'm sad what they do for me when I'm happy like as descriptive as possible and I really allowed myself to just play in the fact that if I could build my dream person how would I want them to behave and of course that felt really scary at first I think for a lot of us we know what we don't want but we don't know what we do want and this is an amazing tool to help you practice knowing what you do want 
So that way when it's up in front of you, you're like, oh shit, this is for me. You're not like, hmm, I'm not sure if it's the right color. Like, you know, oh, you're for me. I'm so clear on it that I can sense your aura and your vibes, babes. That is what the Little Life Deck provides. I absolutely love it. So I did that to get that visualization part, right? So I did my list first, and then I started like, what, what do they look like? You know what I mean? Like really putting pictures and images together, video together, affirmations, memes that really resonate with me, and putting it on there, writing an intention for who my partner is and how they treat me and how I receive them and how I treat them, right? Because it is a two-way street. I want to be able to provide a sense of nourishment and expansion to my partner because that is what I'm designed to do. After the Little's Life Deck came life coaching and therapy. I mean, shout out Dr. Day, my therapist. That woman has really helped me so much. She's also Scorpio with Soul Care Collective. I speak about this organization and movement all the time. It's a fantastic place to find yourself a therapist. I do it virtually, but honestly, it feels like I'm right there in person with her, how thoughtful she is. And she adapts to who I am. So she knows that I'm a practitioner. A lot of what she's helped me navigate helps me to help y'all navigate, which means even more to me in my sessions. Cause it's like, I'm getting help discovering myself, but I'm also getting tools and techniques to be able to utilize in holding space in my community. And that's really important just in general. So I have Dr. J and then I have my mentor, Yanori, and I've been doing life coaching with her for the past three months. She is big, bold, and brilliant. Her energy is very much like, this is what the fuck you deserve and you're going to accept that shit and you don't have to work hard for it. I need that. Having those two women in my life as I'm navigating my first year of singlehood, First off, this is my first time being single in over a decade. My my entire 20s, I was in a relationship. And then now I'm in my 30s. I have money now, right? I have my own place. It's a whole different experience than it was. When I was in my 20s, I realized that I was dating out of the need for survival, for some type of companionship, something that was going to provide a sense of security and softness for me because I was going through so fucking much. My 20s were chaotic. It was literally life or death every single day. It's a wild experience. Being in a relationship provided me some type of anchoring until I was able to really anchor in my own truth and magic. Once I was able to do that, I realized, oh, I was in survival mode. Now I'm thriving. Now I'm flourishing. What does that look like? It's not going to be the same partner that I was attracted to in my 20s because I'm not surviving and I don't ever have to go back to that space again because I have the tools and resources to make sure that I don't. So now it's like, who can who can I spend time with and like just enjoy and receive and give to? Therapy and life coaching has really allowed me to widen my lens to make sure that my self-talk is where it needs to be when it comes to romance, to help me navigate any type of trauma I experienced in romance because we all have experienced trauma in romance, making sure that as it's showing up, as I'm being triggered, that I'm handling it in the moment instead of kind of putting it on the back burner, letting it build up and spill out into somebody else's life that doesn't deserve it <laughs> at all. Like they've done nothing but exist. I've thoroughly enjoyed exploring dating through those lenses and it's helped me so much to just witness who I'm attracted to and why. Please, if you can, get a therapist, get a life coach, get a practitioner. I do the same work for my clients, holding space, helping them to get clear on what it is that they desire. Have an extra person and a trained professional too. There's one thing having your peers and community. Support is important. Community is important, always. Having a professional help you though is giving you that extra boost is honestly leveling out the playing field for you because life is already complicated. Romance is already complicated. The idea and aspect of love is already complicated and fucking tainted with classism, sexism, racism, 
colorism, capitalism, all the isms and stigmas are already attached to our understanding and concept of romance. Having someone help you detach those things and be like, that's actually not serving you. Go and get somebody, whether you book with me or you book with anyone else. I just, please, their information is below if you wanna check out my therapist or Soul Care Collective, um, or if you wanna be able to work with your Nori in one of her communities, I will have everything linked below. If you wanna work with me, that's always linked below too. So now we're gonna circle back to that first thing I talked about, I like how I got clear on knowing what it is that I wanted. I started dating my friends. Date your friends. If you take nothing else from this episode, date your friends. They changed my life. My friends, first off, they spoiled me. I got moms with kids and husbands and full-time jobs that are just like, are you okay? That are sending me gifts, that are making sure that I'm good, that check in with me, that congratulate me, that celebrate me. And they have full blown lives. So for me, if I'm dating somebody and they're like, they don't have the time for me, I can't comprehend that, bro. I can't comprehend what you're saying. I just can't understand it. And that is because I date my friends. So it's shifted my level of self-worth and what it is that I feel like I have access to. Cause I'm like, if they are still able to do that and I am not physically intimate with these people, they love me that deeply that they are willing to intentionally carve out time to spin with me. And you're trying to be with me as like my life partner or companion, you know? It just didn't make any sense to me. It made it so vividly clear that what I was always desiring and asking for was not so far-fetched. That in fact, it's exactly what I deserve. It was what I deserved so much that the universe provided several relationships to reflect that. Where it's like, if honestly any of my mom friends didn't contact me, I would completely understand that. They have, they're raising human beings, bro. Like I get it. I would be, I mean, I do, I contact them. I check in with them always. But the fact that they'll just be like, hey girl, I'm just checking in on you. And I'm just like, wow, <laughs> please. The minute that someone tries to tell me that they're unable to see me because of like, it just shows me that you have poor time management and you don't like me. That's all it comes down to. You don't like me. Because if you did, you would. You don't like me. You may like the idea of me. You may actually like me in the sense that you want to ingrate my energy or be around my energy because it provides you some type of comfort, but you do not actually like me because someone who actually loves me, someone who actually cares for me, who likes me, will figure it out because it is it is something that you can figure out. It really blows my mind. In my experience with dating men, I've always found it very interesting how they are very intentional about their time being really important as if mine is not you know as if a woman's not it's so interesting i'm just like what are we doing here bro like everyone's time is fucking important bro you're not the only person doing things and if i feel like i gotta flex on you and let you know what i'm doing i no longer want you i actually want to be far away from you i don't want to flex on my partner that's not it we already know what it is you know what i'm saying like there's no need for me to do that i don't enjoy that that's not an energy that is sexy to me at all it's really who the fuck are you talking to energy you know what i'm saying like the new yorker in me comes out and it's no bueno, it's no bueno. Dating my friends has just allowed me to receive things. I mean, I date my guy friends, I date girlfriends, I date all my friends. I love it because when dating guy friends, right, they have such deep care and admiration for you. They treat you extremely well. And now I'm just kind of like, well, if he's doing that for me, and again, this is my friend, my nigga, why are you not opening the door for me? Why did you not bring me flowers? Where are we going without these? What, where, what, what are we, what are we doing? What's happening here? Where's the intention? And it lets me know like, oh, you don't gotta, I don't have to engage in this because you're not even coming to me correctly. I actually don't even know how you got on my frequency 
And now that gives me a signal to go back and reflect because clearly I've invited you here to learn some type of lesson, which is fine. Or what I love to remember for myself too is that when I have an experience with someone in, in dating that I don't enjoy or that rubs me the wrong way, I remember like this is contrast. You've gotten clearer on what it is that you do want. So if you don't want this, what is that you do want? Which would be the direct opposite. Once I have that insight, I go back to the Lotus Life deck. I go back to my love list and I clarify and I refine. It's a constant practice. It's never ending, by the way. Even if I were to find my partner, I would still continue doing these things. I want to get as clear as possible because when I'm clear on things, I'm confident enough to set and create my boundaries and stand by them, even if that person does not want to respect them. And I'm courageous enough to invite energy in that can support and, and pour into me the way that I deserve. Date your friends, date your friends, date your friends. They will always treat you the absolute best and it really sets a realistic baseline. This is not delusional because people are literally doing it for you and expecting nothing in return. It is fully possible for you to receive that romantically. Bring all of the mental work and clarity that you've been working on with the Loveless and the Lotus Life deck, bring it into the physical by dating your friends, going out on intentional dates, planning dates. When I, I let them know like we're on a date, right? I'm, I'm not gonna like kiss you and stuff like that. You know, I might hold your hand though. That's like my, I hope, I, you know, except for my sister, she does not wanna hold my hand. Either way, there is a level of intimacy there, but like I let them know like, this is the date because I need to practice dating. Also, it helps because when I'm on a date with someone that I'm interested in romantically, it's not fucking awkward. It's not like, oh my gosh, my first time being on a date ever in my entire life. Like, then I gotta deal with that type of anxiety on top of that? Like, no. I can come in confident, outfit, looking good, smelling good, all the things, and actually get to enjoy them or get very clear on that I do not want to enjoy you anymore. That comes from the practice and the safety in dating your friends. You know your friends love you regardless. They know you're fucking weird. They know all your quirks. They call you on your bullshit. They call you home. They call you in to your higher self. Who better to practice with? So that way you can also identify that in your partner or partners that you wanna be with. Those are things I did to help get really clear on what I wanted this dating experience to look and feel like for me. After that, I set some boundaries for myself. I'm gonna share my top three with you. If it resonates, keep it, apply it, integrate it. If it doesn't, don't. Number one, don't compromise because if they wanted to, they will. I feel like there's like a, a meme around that says that. People are like, well, no, things happen in life, da 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 100%, shit is gonna always happen in life. I don't know anybody who has not had a hard life. I don't know anybody that has not had an insane story where I'm like, I could never. But if you know my actual story, if you know what I've gone through, you would be like, you could never. We all have stories like that, right? So for me, there's a healthy level of detachment from yes, life is hard and it has its moments, but also if you are trying to date somebody, if you're on a dating app, if you're pursuing someone romantically, you're gonna have to figure out how to show up to make that happen. Otherwise, you're putting all that on the other person and that's not going to end well for either of you. I do not compromise. It is very simple. What I'm asking for, the person that is designed for me will be able to provide for me with little to no effort and with a whole lot of enthusiasm. Anyone that feels like what I'm asking for is going to create hardship for them, I'm not for you and I'm legitimately okay with that. If you feel like, damn, this might stretch me a little bit and you're welcoming that type of growth in your life, I can get jiggy with that too, but I'm not going to compromise. That is not for me. Some people live and breathe on compromising. I love that for y'all. It's just not my vibe. I am a person that is very diligent and dedicated. And if 
I want to be with you, I make sure that I can be with you. That is it. And again, it's not like I don't have shit to do. It's not like I'm out here. Sometimes it blows my mind, even as a projector, how much things I actually have on my plate that I'm handling and I still can carve out time to pursue somebody romantically. So like if you're not giving that energy, you can just go. That's my first boundary. Second boundary is make sure that they are adding value and ease to your life. If they are not making your life easier, if they are not enriching your life, making it more beautiful, more enjoyable, why are they there? And I mean, this is for any relationship, by the way, but I'm we're talking dating, we're talking romantically right now. What the fuck? Why are they there? I cannot wrap my head around having someone in my life that makes me miserable, that legitimately brings me down, or I feel fucking unsafe with. Why are you here? to provide me more confusion. I'm already confused. I don't need more of it. I'm actually trying to get as clear as possible and you're making it even harder. No, you're not adding ease to my life. If you do not want to provide ease in my life, you come in with the narrative like, we both go to grind, hustle, work, blah. I am like, oh my gosh, I don't even understand how, how did you see me? How did you see me? You have to provide ease in my life because you know what? And I can say this 100%, in all of my relationships, and not just romantic, I'm talking about like my friendships as well, it is extremely important for me to know that I'm providing some level of ease and value to their lives. Whether that's just me holding space for them, they need a lending ear, or sharing insights from what I do professionally, or holding space for them in a professional manner, because a lot of my clients are my close friends, because they, they understand that I live and breathe this and they feel safe with me, right? It provides them value being my friend, when I'm able to help them get clear on the idea, bringing ease. Like, I am that girlfriend because I don't have kids. Like, yo, I'll watch your kids for you. Go on a date, go get a fucking massage. I want to provide ease for you because I love you and I don't wanna see you in hardship all the time. It's that simple. If they're not providing ease and value, it's a no-go. Last but not least, have community that holds a clear mirror up to you when dating gets a little murky. Here's the thing, as intentional as we are, we're in therapy, we're doing all the things, you know, we have our love list, we have the little life deck, all these things are happening to help us clarify. We still have habits and perspectives and beliefs that, and paradigms that have been a part of us since we were born, that we're going to have to navigate and rewire. So you wanna have community. Please do not date in isolation. That is first and foremost, especially as a black woman or a black femme, it's dangerous because people don't even realize how oppressed their mind is when it comes to dating. They don't realize how much they favor patriarchy. There are tons of things about me that are patriarchal that still freak me out to this day, are still unlearning to do. And I feel like I'm a very intentional and aware person and I'm still subscribing to patriarchal notions and sexism and just, it's a lot. But you know what? When I have my community there, they help me and hold me accountable of like, babe, is that really what's happening here? Is that what you're experiencing with this person? Or is that experience that you had and now you're projecting it? You need community. Community helps to make sure that you are not going down the wrong path. You have to be open to having community. I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends who we was talking about my previous relationship and how she was just like, I knew that he was not, I just knew he was not for you. I knew he was gonna bring you down. And I was like, bitch, why are you saying that this? She was like, I didn't wanna lose my friendship with you and I knew that you really loved him and I know how loyal of a person you are. And I had to weigh the fact of, do I tell her what it is that I'm seeing and lose my friendship with her? Or do I still sustain my friendship and just be there for her when shit falls apart? She chose the latter. I'm not mad at either decision that she made at all. When we talked about it some more, we realized why community is so important. You know, like that's why you need the aunties and the uncles because like an auntie don't give a fuck. Like if your feelings are hurt, your feelings are hurt. Okay, I still love you. You're gonna be mad at me, but at least I know you know. And at least I know that you're gonna be able to apply what I've just told you 
I've widened your perspective. So now when you are dealing with that person again, you hear my voice in the back that's like, that's a sign that this person does not care for you. And you can address it accordingly. Now, if you still choose to go down that path, that's a choice you made. At least you had the bigger picture before you made that choice to move forward with that person, right? So community is so important. So if you don't have aunties and uncles, allow your friends to be that for you. And again, intentional about your friends. You need to be friends that are healing. I really do go to my married friends for advice and insight a lot because they're married. I think that's something that I'm working towards is like marriage. I'm honestly not too sure y'all, but I like, I like the idea of having a companion that I can navigate life with. So I do go to them and talk to them and I take in their insights and there are things that I enjoy and there are things that I'm like, oh, okay, that's not for me. Now I know. I also go to my single friends where I'm like, when we single, we outside, what are we doing, what are we doing? Like, and they let me know like, oh no, like he's not, it's not giving the vibe that you want them to give or like she's not really taking care of you the way that you deserve to be taken care of. I take it into consideration. So even if I don't agree with what they're saying, I still have an open heart and open mind because they love me. And even if, because there's always that percentage, there's always that chance because we're human. Even if they are talking out of their trauma, I can still hold space for it and be like, okay, this is something that has hurt them and they don't want to see me get hurt by it. Let me just check in, tune in and see if that's what I what I feel like I'm, I'm experiencing with this person. And if I am, I'm going to take note and I'm going to give thanks. And if I feel like I'm not, I'm going to take note and I'm gonna keep going for it. So you really wanna make sure you have community, people that are just going to be honest with you. And honesty does not mean that they're hurting your fucking feelings. It doesn't mean that they're calling you dumb or stupid. I hate that fucking TikTok meme where it's like the mean friend that's always honest and like she's like bitch towards her friends and like just verbally abusive. Like, no, that's not community. That is someone that legitimately fucking hates you and gets to rub it in your face because they they think that you make a lot of mistakes. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about someone. A great example, like my sister, she's very direct. She's a very blunt person, but she cares about me so much. And she'll pull me to the side and be like, bitch, that's not it. I don't like it. And I take it into consideration wholeheartedly. Paige is another person that'll be like, I feel like that's what you're saying, but that's not what you actually want. And I, I encourage you and I challenge you to sit with yourself for a moment and figure out why that is something that you're comfortable with because it doesn't make any sense. I respect that. Again, both very honest ass statements, but they're calling me in, not calling me out. And right now, as delicate as I am, and as I'm navigating dating and deciding on what I want for the next chapter of my life, I need people that are gonna call me in. I need to feel safe and seen very often, if not at all times, community. Those are my top three. So I want to express how I exercise my boundaries with softness and grace because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. And if you want to go boundaries one-on-one -on -one episode, let me know. I don't know if I've ever done one. I think I've done one for EFT, but not like a podcast episode. So if you're into that, let me know in the review or tag me and you know, whatever. You guys know how to contact me. Let me know if that's something that you're into because I, I totally be into it. I feel like that would be fun to do. One way that I continue to keep my boundaries healthy. And again, boundaries help to keep me safe. My boundaries boundaries keep me safe. It's not about keeping people outside. Those are barriers. I'm not trying to build barriers. To be quite honest, I'm trying to break down the barriers that I already have built and create healthy boundaries. I like to think of boundaries as a fence, a cute little white picket fence. I can still see shit on the other side. There's a door, there's like a little latch. If I wanna let something in, I can let something in. If I wanna take something out, I can take something out. And I'm still in the ecosystem. I'm still exploring. I'm still seeing the clear blue skies and the neighbors and all those things like that. That is important to me. A barrier is legitimately a brick wall that's like so fucking high, I can barely see the sky. I don't even know I have neighbors. I don't know what the fuck is going on on the other side of the wall. And everything that's in here is with me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I have no opportunity to let some shit go. We're talking about boundaries. Boundaries allow you to grow 
expand and you know contract when you need to contract and reevaluate what you're already going through boundaries are so important because they help you to continue to feel safe to feel seen and to feel satisfied in life and whether or not you realize it you need all three things in order to flourish and your goal in life is to flourish because when you're flourishing you're expressing your personal passions and purpose with the world and it's a lot easier for you to sustain and do. So first thing I do is I take myself out on dates. I still take myself out on dates, it doesn't matter. I go to my museum, I'll do my little paint day, I might go for a massage, I might do a little Manny and Petty situation, go flower shopping, whatever it is, I take myself out on dates often because when I don't, I kinda start to get a little a little sour. Dating myself reminds me too, like I'm worth my own time and energy. And I don't go out on dates where I'm not, like I get dressed up, like bitch, I'm going out on a date with myself. I'm get, I get dressed up, I put on a good smelling perfume, I do all the things, I make the reservations, and it feels good. And every time that I don't do it, I'm just like, mm. I, I feel like I'm not spending quality time with myself. And again, that doesn't mean that I'm outside every single night at a different restaurant. Sometimes a beautiful date with myself is just hat pulling out my art supplies and painting with the music on, some cannabis, a really good tea, and I'm just vibing. And that feels so nourishing to my soul and my spirit. And it reminds me that the first relationship I have outside of Source is with myself. So if I can't date me, I don't know how I'm expecting other people to date me. Another thing that I love to do is honoring the fact that I don't want to. I learned this in therapy and it blew my mind. Sometimes I just don't want to. Mind blown. I did not realize I had this deep rooted sense of obligation to having to do something because I was asked to do it, especially by someone that I care about. Because if, it's, if I don't really care about you, I probably didn't even notice you asked me to be quite honest. If I love you, if you're important to me, if I feel like you've helped me through something, I feel obligated to. And what I've come to realize is that I don't have to. I don't have to do it. I can just say no. And it doesn't mean that I love you any less. It doesn't mean that I value you any less. It doesn't mean that you're not important. It's just simply, I do not want to. And I don't have to have a reason as to why. I mean, sure, it could be that I'm tired. It could be that I feel overwhelmed. It could be anxiety. It could be anything. But it could also just be like, I just don't want to. I just don't want to utilize my time and energy in that way right now. That's it. I want to do something else. And that satisfaction is everything to me. And I love it so much. Another thing is not teaching people how to treat you. Controversial. I feel like this is where we get a little crazy. I don't think it's my responsibility to teach you how to treat me. I think it's my responsibility to make sure that I know how I want to be treated and to be aligned in that frequency and that energy so that I can attract someone who is willing to receive that and be like, I can treat you that way. That feels good to me. If I have to tell you how to do everything in my life, I don't understand it. And yes, I get the whole like, well, I'm not a mind reader. How do I know? I'm not asking you to be a mind reader. I'm asking you to pay attention and witness me. Because if you're witnessing me, if you're observing me, I am such a distinct person. There are very clear things about me that you're going to pick up just in being with me that I don't have to tell you. Let's not forget that energy does not have to be spoken for you to feel it, know it, and resonate with it. And for it to change your life. Energy is everywhere and it's everything. I don't have to tell you how to be. And to be quite honest, if I have to tell you how to treat me, if I have to teach you how to treat me, I am disinterested. That is a boundary that I have. I don't teach my friends how to treat me. They observe me. They ask questions if they need a bit more clarity. But because we are doing the work individually on ourselves and we are mindful and self-aware, we tend to just blend naturally. And when we have those moments in our, you know, cause we're human, we might rub each other the wrong way a little bit. We immediately take accountability and take inspired action 
to get back into alignment. I don't have to teach someone that that's messed up. They sense it. My energy is that strong. And when you really are leaning into energy work, when you understand human design, you realize that like you don't have to say much. That's a boundary for me. It might work for you, it might not. Another boundary I have is not arguing with somebody. Like, what I look like arguing with a complete stranger. When I really think about it, I don't argue with my friends. It doesn't mean that I agree with them 24-7 either. We disagree on everything almost all the time. I just really respect what it is that they're saying and I understand that if they're coming to me passionately about this topic, it's from their own experience. I can't tell them that they're wrong. That's how they feel. That's it. That's the end of it. That is why we don't have arguments because I can honor where you're coming from. They can look at me and be like, Lotus, that sounds fucking crazy. I love you. It doesn't make sense to me, but clearly it makes sense to you and I can respect that. And that's that. So for me to have to argue with somebody that I don't know because you don't want to respect the boundary, you don't have to respect the boundaries. And remember that your person that you're dating, that you're into, does not have to respect your boundaries. You do. You have to respect them. And as you respect them, you'll realize like, damn, if you're not going to respect my boundaries, I'm actually not attracted to you. Or if I am, that's probably some type of trauma response or a certain level of toxicity that I need to go and figure out because the fuck, that's not cool. That's not an act of love to be with someone that is refusing to respect your boundaries. Me and arguing with someone, it happens every once in a while because I'm human, but I say over the past two years, I may have gotten to an argument with someone like twice. I will literally leave the conversation alone. I don't need to be a part of the conversation, babes. It's not that serious for me. I'm good. If that is how you feel, you're so hell-bent on that being the absolute truth, you're not open to hearing any other perspectives, cool. Let me save my energy, my breath, my life force for someone who wants to receive it instead of me trying to force it onto someone that's literally saying, I don't want it. Last but not least, taking a break from dating. Sometimes I just don't want to fucking date. I don't want to go on a date. I don't want to see you. I don't want to get to know you. I want to do a good morning. How are you? What you up to? What's the weather? Sometimes I don't want that. And I take breaks. I've been taking breaks over this past year. Where I'm just like, I'm not into it. I don't want to go on a date with you. I mean, I don't necessarily take breaks from dating myself. It's okay to pull back and recalibrate. You're not on the hunt. This is not a do or die situation. There is no real timeline. And I know you may feel like there is one because you've decided that there is one in your head and in your heart. But ultimately, what's for you is for you. It's going to find you when it needs to. And it's always going to feel so much more better than you forcing it. So take breaks. When you start to get frustrated or you start to get very pessimistic about dating, like I am not pessimistic about dating. I actually haven't, I, I'm not pessimistic at all. When I first got into the dating pool, I remember having this conversation with this person and they were like, oh my God, it's so terrible out there. Like, can you try to make it work with your ex? Because it's so bad out there. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that notion. I genuinely believe that what is for me is for me. It'll find its way to me. And I've dated some really cool, awesome people. I've loved everyone that I've dated so far. And the people that I didn't enjoy as much, they didn't stay for long. They didn't stay long enough to make an impact on me for me to start feeling fucking hopeless. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> I just was like, oh, this is that. This is it. We're not clicking, baby. That's cool. Go over there, though. And that's it. I take breaks so that I can breathe again, so that I can come back home to myself, and to make sure that I'm not getting lost and trying to find a companion, that I'm still also living my life, that I'm still also, you know, doing the things that I've already committed to that provide me nourishment and fulfillment in my life already. Okay, so I was going to share some funny stories, but I feel like for time's sake, I am trying to think, like, what story should I share? <laughs> Oh, okay. So I was on Hinge, talking to this guy. He's like, I read your profile. I'm like, that's a that's a smart move. I, also, just a bonus tip, please read the motherfucking profiles. I hate when people are like, oh, do you want to go get drinks? It says it very clearly that I do not drink. Now I'm no longer interested because you can't read. That's just where I'm at. This is, 
Just read the profile. Read the profile through and through. If you like the pictures, that's one step. Go back through the profile. Read the answers. You like the questions. Quite often, there are certain questions that they pick where I'm like, you not for me. From the question that you chose to answer, I know it's a no for me, dog. Please, use the mind, okay? Read. <laughs> read, baby. It's fundamental. Um. Anyway, so he's like, you know, I actually have an issue with one of your answers. And I'm like, how the fuck do you have an issue with my answer? Like, why would you like me to tell me that you have an issue with my answer? Like, that, already here, it's a no-go for me, dog. Like, what? He's like, yeah, like, you know, you want you want all of this, like, type of treatment. And, like, what if that's not sustainable? I'm like, if it's not sustainable for you, that's completely understandable. I won't be with you. Like, what? He's like, no. Like, I mean, for any man in today's world, I'm like, first and foremost, please do not condemn all men. They're already going to do their own shit. They're already going to do a whole new way of having to deal with romance in general. Let's speak life into them. Secondly, men are wired to behave that way, okay? So, like, what I'm asking for is instinctual for those who are tapped in and tuned in. If you're not tapped in and tuned in, you are going to freak out about how to sustain it. I'm not looking at you. I'm not concerned about you. I... And not for you. You don't have to sustain me. And he was just kind of like, I just feel like that's so arrogant of you. And I feel like you're being inconsiderate, you know, to men. And I was like, okay, then that's how you feel, babes. Then I'm arrogant and inconsiderate. Why are you still talking to me? Unmatch. Be free. Go find somebody that is okay with what it is that you can provide them. I'm not okay with it. It's, I'm only one person. There's millions of women out there. Billions. You'll find somebody. It won't be me though. I can assure you that. So that was really funny because he really wanted to have this whole argument. He left me like a three minute voice note. I was like, I know you don't think I was in this three minute voice note. <laughs> what? I don't know you. I don't care about your opinion because I didn't know you existed five minutes ago. I mean, when you really put it into perspective, y'all, dating is really not that deep. I'm just... Sometimes they're like, you don't even know this person. What the fuck? Oh, another one that was really fun. I was talking to the sportscaster. He was just like, you know, I guess he's trying to flex. Like, you know, I'm in sportscasting. I'm like, girl, sorry, love that for you. Cute, cute, cute. You know, I'm not into sports. I don't understand. Or like, all right, whatever. So he's like, yeah, you know, I just want to let you know ahead of time that I'm really, really busy. I'm like, okay. He's like, you know, so like, there are going to be times where I want to see you, but I can't because I'm busy. I'm like... So what you're telling me is that you are trying to prep me to not expect you to make time for me? Sir, <laughs> what? Do I look dumb? So I was like, mm, okay, sure. I just stopped talking to him. He's like, oh, I feel like you're ghosting me. <laughs> you know, communication is a two-way street. Da -da. Now, let me, let me back up a little bit before we get to like why I ghosted him because it was really funny to me. Prior to that, you know, I'm like, well, what is it that you have on your plate? You know, like, let me be empathetic. You know, I'm an empathetic girl. I can do that. He's like, it's just my nine to five. And I was just like, it's just your nine to five. He's like, yeah. I'm like, any dogs? He's like, no, I have no pets. I'm like, any plants? I'm like, no plants. You taking care of your mom or your sister? He's like, nah, I'm only a kid. Like, okay. Happily married mom and dad. Love that for you. Cute, cute. So you're telling me that you are unable to figure out how to manage your one job, but you also want to date and be with somebody and get married? How? How do you think that makes sense? What is your partner going to be doing to have to sustain that relationship since you're unwilling to give them time and energy? Like... My mind was so blown up. So yeah, that was a funny ass story. Okay, so a good story. So I wanted a date. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I, I also am like telling you guys stories like, what the fuck? So I wanted a date. It was really cool. Went on a date with this guy. Cute, cute, cute. I was wearing that dress that we talked about in the previous episode. I looked amazing. I told you, like, I was really radiating in my seductive energy. And it was a really good day. We had a really good time. He was wonderful. When we get to the restaurant he's taking me to, people kind of scramble to the door to, like, open the door for me. And I was like, let me scurry inside real quick because I'm looking too good. 
and I really appreciate that for me. That has nothing to do really with the date in itself, but like I just enjoy that type of adder. Like that's the energy that I want. Yeah, come, come fight for me. That's that's where I'm at in my life. But he was really sweet, very uh, sincere and detail oriented. There were things that I was like just talking about that he just like went and did that I really enjoyed. That was really sweet. Also, was dating a personal trainer at one point in time, and like I don't know, he was fun too and exciting and a really interesting person. <laughs> I was <laughs> just like, wow, I consider him to be a friend. And you know, he's cool, that's my boo. I've I've had good experiences, even the ones that are like, what the fuck? I just, one, I'm just so proud of myself for having a level of awareness to know when somebody's trying to finesse me. <laughs> but I'm also really proud of myself for having a level of awareness to be able to receive someone who's being genuine and kind, even if it doesn't become a relationship, you know? It's just nice to know that I can do that, you know? I'm probably gonna share this in my stories, but there's a clip of Tracy Ellis Ross talking about how she's a rare breed. It's one of the best clips out on the internet because I feel like for a lot of single women, there's this weird pressure. I mean, granted, that pressure is definitely subsiding. Shout out black women just being black women. Like, we really just be shifting the world. A lot of us don't have the level of tolerance and patience that we, you know, our foremothers had for bullshit. So we're good on our own. We're like thriving on our own. I don't feel lonely being single. I've never felt lonely being single. I don't think I ever will because I'm with myself first and foremost. I have my religion with God and my ancestors, secondly, and then I have dope ass family and community. And I have y'all. I'm never really lonely. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not an experience that I have. I love Tracy Ellis Ross, not just because her birthday's the day after mine, get into it, but because she spoke so eloquently about how fulfilling her life is outside of being someone's mother or wife. She doesn't need those titles to feel fulfilled. And I'm really grateful to have someone who can confidently say that and be in the public eye because so often we're told that like there's something wrong with you if you're in your 30s and single, if you're in your 30s without children. Like, you know, being a mother is so fulfilling, 100%. I've, I'm in awe of motherhood. It's just not for me in that way. I'm a mother in different ways. So just to have her talk about that was just, I wanna share that clip with you. I will definitely find it and put it on my story. So please make sure that you're checking out for me on Instagram at Lotus Aloba where I'll share the clip because if you're single, you hear that and it just makes you feel so much more aligned with your journey. The pressure just rolls off the shoulders and I'm like, as bad as Tracy Ellis Ross is, and again, we don't know her life. We don't really know her like that. But from what we do get to see, she's wonderful and she's really fucking happy. Let that be for you too. Like, if I never find a partner, I'm good. I legitimately, I'm okay. I'm more than okay. I, I'm ecstatic because I'm in love with my life right now as is. I, I mean, you know, you got a roster here and there, but like, I'm, I'm happy. I will be happy growing old. <laughs> with just me. There's so much of me I get to learn and explore all the time. Like, there's so much for me to learn about me. I'm not feeling to have that experience with somebody else just yet. If someone comes and wows me, I will allow myself to be wowed. But if no one ever comes, if no one ever aligns, I will never feel unsatisfied. I love that for me and I really hope that you can have that for yourself too. And just remember, this world is huge. There are so many people that could be aligned with you. There are so many people that could light you up, okay? So like think outside of your hood, think outside of your city, think outside of your state, think outside of your country, expand, explore, and see what's out there for you. For me, I only need one person to love me good. There's billions. Do you know how many options that means I have? For me, the glass is half full. And hopefully that's the case for you too after this episode. Thank you so much for hearing about my dating life and being so open and just into it. 
I think you're into it. I don't know because I can't see you, but I'm assuming that if you've gotten to this part of the podcast, you're into it. And I really appreciate that so much. Yeah, look out for another episode coming out very soon. Special shout out to Priscilla of Sadie Baddies for featuring the Loba Land podcast on her Softer Life playlist for Apple Podcasts. I am so honored to be amongst such incredible beings. Thank y'all for just rocking with me, for tuning into every episode, for sharing letting this podcast live. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait for us to hang again. Salud. Bye.